0: This is the Rich Eisen Show. That's what I'm talking about, Daddy. That's what Amazing. we're talking about, Daddy. We're it happen here. I know no, what it is, you do, baby. That's not what it is. Live, Live from the
1: Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
2: I tell you, Rich Eisen, you're doing a tremendous job. The
1: Rich Eisen Show. Boom! Boom. James puts up the break. Oh, it's gone! LeBron James from downtown! Today's guest. CBS
3: sports broadcaster Ian Eagle from CBS's United States of Al. actor Dean Norris, co-host of Brother From Another, Michael Holly, and now it's Rich Eisen. All righty then, welcome Woo. to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am your humble host sitting here at, uh, at the desk here in Los Angeles, California, and um, Right through our show. I'm very excited to be here. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman and Mike Duffo. Good to see Rich. you. We Good say, to see right? you, TJ Jefferson, and your social media grandmaster post. Good hello, to see Rich. you. Hello, um, Rich. Hello to you. Uh, here in Los Angeles, California. Well, that was one hell of a basketball game last night in the downtown Hoops Dojo with 6,000 fans, Drake, Michael B. Jordan, and more. Sure was. Um, it was the uh, largest um, crowd in Staples since uh, the pandemic hit. And uh, fans in the building, and LeBron in the building, and Steph Curry in the building. And the NBA will never have it better in the history of the play-in tournament. It'll never be as good as last night. That's your high watermark. Greatest game in the history of the NBA (laughs) play-in tournament to date. So we've got the greatest player in the history. In the greatest game. We can start the debate. (laughs) <laughs> Who's the greatest player in the history of the NBA oh, wow. playing? It's, Tatum. Tatum. it's Jason Tatum. Jason well, Tatum. I mean, right. he's the most prolific.
0: Yeah. Prolific scorer.
3: Uh meanwhile, LeBron uh triple double. How about them, apples? hey Oh, it's LeBron then. Richard. Well, I take we that, said that. no, hold on a second. You we said it? what's more likely? Curry fifty, LeBron triple-double. We're like Curry fifty. Curry fifty. And then what happened? LeBron triple double LeBron got it. And and the crazy thing was it sure didn't look like Curry was going to sniff anything close to what he wound up with last night when his first three of the night went through the net with four minutes to go in the first half. Yeah, And that gave the Warriors a 10-point lead. Crazy stuff. The Warriors' defense, the Warriors had a top-five defense, by the way, in being the eighth seed coming into this play-in tournament. And they held the Lakers to 42 points in the first half on 31% shooting just four buckets total for LeBron, Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. That's it. Going into halftime and then whatever the hell happened in halftime, um the Warriors came out and could not hold on to the basketball. And Van Gundy our guest in uh, the first hour yesterday pointed it out perfectly uh, on the air that if they if the Warriors lose this game, they'll talk about the third quarter and their carelessness with the basketball. Eight turnovers in the third quarter alone for Golden State. And yet still, it was a tight game. A tight game. And that three that LeBron made, with no time left, I guess it was, what was it, Caldwell-Pope pinned down underneath his own basket, inside the paint, no shot of getting that shot off, finds LeBron out by the staple center center, logo way up 30 way deep it was like Lillard country is what it was like and then LeBron over Steph well Steph was was closing in but he shoots it up and through with the buzzer for the shot clock going off less than a minute to go and that was a three-point margin of difference in the final score 103 100. It is LeBron's 97th career game-tying or go-ahead field goal in the final minute of the game, most in the last quarter century, with the exception of one player, Kobe Bryant, with 101. LeBron does it again. And this is after Curry was making threes, and he was dealing, and it was truly Remarkable basketball. Loved every second of it. And I'm, you know, joking that's the greatest play game in the history of the NBA play in tournament, but they'll never have it better. They will never have it better as long as this play in tournament happens every year, year in and year out, against the wishes of some people and the board of governors and maybe some players. NBA will never have it as good as seven versus eight where the seven and eight teams were the winners of four of the six previous NBA championships, they will never have it better with an all-time goat in LeBron and Steph Curry on either team. They'll never have it better than that. It will always be, like with all due respect to you, Chris Brockman and the Celtics Nation, a seven versus eight like Celtics versus (laughs) Wizards. That's the way it's going to be from now on. It's going to be like seven versus eight, scratching to get in. It won't be seven versus eight, two all-time greats as seven and eight because of injury-marred seasons that put these two teams in this position. Won't happen again. So we should soak it up in that regard. And I will tell you this, a lot of conversation had about what the Clippers attempted to do successfully, tanking the final season. Ah, Weekend. You're trying to stay healthy, Rich. Tanking the final (laughs) regular season weekend. Tanking it. I don't like that word. Oh, please. I don't like that word at all. You know, as well you should, (laughs) you're – I mean, it works. It makes sense because because what team is most like? Yeah, I want to I want to I want to avoid the Lakers for as long as possible. I want to avoid that team for as long as possible. What message are you sending? Is what the question was about? Taron Ty Lu saying to his team, "Yeah, we're gonna just pull the plug right here, right now. Four seed is perfect for us because we don't get to." see the Lakers if it all works out until the Western Conference Finals. Let's avoid the Lakers as long as possible. And there's the Sun saying, screw it. We'll take whoever's coming our way. We're and then the sensibility, anyway. the sensibility also being, hey, you want to get the Lakers now. You want to get them now when they are staggering still. You don't want to get them when they have their sea legs under them. You just don't want it. Well, guess what? They got their sea legs under them after halftime. This looks like already after last night, and I know LeBron didn't want to play in this game. The Lakers didn't want to play in the play-in tournament. Didn't want to have the pressure of last night upon them. And the first half, it looked like they didn't want to have the pressure of last night put upon them. And the Warriors came out with the proverbial house money and didn't even need Steph Curry. In the first half, shooting all sorts of threes. Didn't have to depend on him. Played really smart offense. Excellent team basketball. Terrific defense. And then did it throughout the entire game with the exception of, obviously, those third-quarter turnovers that really hurt them. Despite losing that halftime double-digit lead that was courtesy of Steph jarring a step-back three after weaving his way through the Lakers perimeter defense, how great was that moment at the end of the first half? We forget about the way the first half ended because we're yo, obviously yo. focused on the way the game ended. You know what? The only way that that—and I know this is not an uh, uh, an appropriate comparison—how's that for a setup? But you—you know—you see with those those competitions of a dog
2: shows, yeah, they're weaving, in, where and they're out weaving of- in and out of yeah, like yeah, yeah. these
3: these poles. Yep. That's the way it looked like to me with the three Lakers that were on the three-point arc that Steph kind of dribbled his way through those poles of defense only to step back a three right at the buzzer to give the Warriors a double-digit halftime lead. And then they lost it. They got it back. Then they lost it. Fourth-quarter tie game. Just loved every second of it. And for the Lakers, they took the hit in the mouth. They finally tasted blood, right? The whole concept of you don't know you're in a fight until you're hit in the mouth first. Be hard-pressed for me to be sitting back here and saying, you know what, you want the Lakers right away because the Warriors got him right away and LeBron showed why he's still LeBron. Might not be 100%, whether it's his high ankle sprain or his vision after getting sp- Smacked in the face by Draymond Green and once again. I'll repeat what I tweeted last night. That was a common foul. That's like a bad boys era foul. Oh, yeah. That's a basketball I can respect with a season potentially on the line type foul. LeBron's coming at you. Mm-hmm. He's the size of a tight end. Draymond can't really jump. jump. I mean, you see his jump shot. He barely gets off the ground. I don't think he was looking to injure LeBron at all. No. But just to try and prevent LeBron from getting to that rim as he was approaching it, as LeBron always does. And it does appear that he did poke him in the eye. Oh, he okay. definitely poked him. It definitely looks like he poked him in the eye because LeBron was clearly staggered about it. One of those things where he wanted everyone to know about it, it seems <laughs> like. And he's telling, hey, let's like let everyone know I got hit in the eye.
4: Rich, I can't really tell. I see three of you. I over know there. that. Right? Just
3: aim for the host in the middle. Chris. Oh, so you mean aim for that you? That said, <laughs> got it. As much as everybody likes to point out of uh, LeBron's penchant for letting you know what ails him and what's going on with aye, him, aye, aye. he still jars the shot, doesn't he?
4: Because nothing was wrong with him.
3: Uh, I, I disagree with
0: that. I mean, come on, did you see his eye, like? Uh, I mean, I'm no, no LeBron apologist, but the, the dude was looking like one-eyed Willie from the Goonies out there well, after, after the he, game
3: was over. He he makes the shot, and you could see as he makes the shot, he looks at Steph and basically points to his face. I can't, I can't really see. Sort of like one guy to another, who's you know all world saying, "You you feel me?" You know what I mean? And if I'm Steph, I'm like, I'm "Not now, man." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Not now. Steph's, Steph's reaction was such. Steph's was reaction such. was like, really? Yeah. Man, like now, really? Come on, man. That's what <laughs> I, honestly, Steph's, Steph's reaction was kind of like Brock Osweiler when he thought he was getting in the yeah. game and here comes Peyton Manning running out. Like, really? Yeah. Well, Steph's like, reaction. Geez. But, but it's, it's also one of those things where, yeah, I I, I feel you, but I really don't want to hear about yeah. it right now. Yeah. Like, you know, Not just give me yeah. a minute. Yeah, yeah. Give me a minute before you start telling me, and, and, and I can't see. You know how it goes, right? You know how it goes, like, you still make shots when you can't see, right? I mean, you know how it goes, Steph, right? Like, when he did that, (laughs) I'm kind of sitting there thinking to myself, you have friends, like, telling you, like, yeah, I mean, I know I just beat. When you lose in your poker hand, like, yeah, I mean, I I didn't know that was going to come on the river. I had no idea. I mean, you know, these things happen, you know. I mean, you suck out on me, I'll suck out on you. It's all over. It's just like, just give me a minute as you're raking in all All of my chips. As you have just felted me, give me just – Give me fifteen seconds. That's all I ask. Yeah. Let before, be, you start, let be before you start coming back at me like, a... "Oh, I'm sorry, man. You know, it's no, just one hey, of those look, it's, it's just poker. It you know, hey, it's just, hey, it's my, I mean, I can't." It's Steph kind of like turned around, but then you know, sixty seconds later, game's over, and they're two goats just chit chatting. And that's now how everyone
0: I, looks at Steph when he shoots from like 50 feet and makes it. Like that's everyone's reaction to a Steph Curry shot. Sure. Like what? <laughs> yeah.
3: But but just the fact that LeBron shoots it, makes it, and then <laughs> looks at Steph and points to his eye like and I can't even see. You know, I mean, like it's but it's not like him flexing, it's just him trying to like share that moment with guy who is like a, a uh colleague on park could totally understand. You know how it works. And it's just kind of like I'd be like, I just need a minute. Chill. Give me a minute here. And the one last, <laughs> the one, the 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 individuals I feel the most sorry for are the Memphis Grizzlies. Did they play a game last night? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't even know if they played a game last night. <laughs> they they, they played play play like, a great game last night. They played a great game last night. They played pretty good. Did, they played like a big, one of the biggest games for them in a long time. Like they're they're now coming to the Warriors, right? Right. Like Jaws a superstar. Like come right? on. <laughs> Nobody they play cares. last night. Nobody cares. They did.
4: Like Del Tufo, nobody cares. By the
3: that. way, and the team that they beat in a, in a in a valiant effort was the other Western Conference team in the play-in tournament, who's been part of the last seven championships in the NBA. Because the Warriors and the Lakers have had the last four from the Western Conference. We all know the Cavaliers and the Raptors won the other two in the last six from the East. Spurs won the 2014 title. And Pop's team just has no <laughs> quit in them, and they, they came out and... Uh, hey, Rudy you Gay know I mean? had 20 I, off the I bench. Can't even, I can't even bring myself to talk about it. My apologies to Memphis. That was should have said 23, 23 rebounds. 23-23 yeah. last night. I know. He was terrific. He was and now monster. here they come to the Warriors. And by the way, no disrespect to you, Memphis... No disrespect. Nobody wants them to win. The Utah Jazz <laughs> are Utah, Are they going to be driving around with 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 Grizzlies car flags in Salt Lake City over the next couple of days, or what? They want no piece None. of this Warriors team that is playing at a very high level, bringing their championship stuff to the floor. They want no piece of that. So, Golden State now heads home to host the Grizzlies on Friday night. And Steph's and that now 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 it's nail biting time for the for the front office in uh in New York City for for the NBA. Biting their nails. You do not want Steph out. No shot. Not with the way he's playing. And I don't think he's gonna get knocked out either. You never know though. Yeah never know. Rematch of the final regular season game where he dropped forty six yeah. on Memphis title. to win the scoring title, <laughs> right. right? And then tonight it's uh, Pacers and Wizards for the right to play tj's philadelphia 76ers slapped by the Sixers. fun 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 stuff last night yeah right? it was let's take a break bill Orham of the athletic who covers the lakers will be joining us um and then ian eagle who calls nets games he'll be doing some games i imagine on turner i always enjoy our conversations dean norris on the united states of valley plays hank schrader from breaking bad we have not had him on we've had a ton of breaking bad guests on in the almost 7 year history of this show so we'll go down that wormhole with him Michael Holly will help us take us to his show with Michael Smith brother from another at the very end of our program there are there is some NFL news going out there going out around Julio Jones could be on the block potentially on the block maybe is on the block right now Tim Tebow hey. has arrived in Jacksonville, and it did not take long for Jacksonville to do something in regards to Tim Tebow. We'll let you know what that is at the end of this hour. Oh, by the way, there was another no-hitter last night. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been happy about this one. First one, hey, look, it was Were great. Were you flipping
0: back and forth? Between what? <laughs> Between the basketball game and...
3: Oh, that thing was, o- that was over by... um, by um, the end of the first half, which is my very delicate, nice way of saying, I've got more than one TV in my office, okay, Chris. Okay. <laughs> flipping back and forth. All right. Please. What's this guy talking <laughs> about Who Rich What does he think I am? Rich, I, you, got, you, what you got I'm your saying. name on mugs, Rich. It's an I saying. and Rich and Eisen, and I have one more TV than Eisen, my first and last name. God, Chris.
0: It's not a jabroni <laughs> set up over there in Next the Eisen. Next you ask me
3: if I set up Picture in picture. <laughs> I hate you. Why am I
0: talking that's so funny? I hate you. Coming from the guy that posts his oh multiple televisions God. in his
3: house. Yeah, okay. I Just live in a new house back. now. Switching I the set of up yet, set up yet. Come on. <laughs> that's right.
0: Bunkmaster Flex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the laugh, Chris. You got it. Rich, did you get up and walk through your TV and
3: change the channel? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so. All right. Just, he <laughs> used the cable box. Let's, let's go to break. Let's go to break, everybody. Of the Where's the TJ Over? We'll be joining <laughs> yeah. us when All we right. come back here <laughs> on the Rich Eisen Show. Callaway Chrome Soft. I love the golf ball that's Callaway Chrome Soft. I can tell the difference. Let me tell you, when, when I hit a Callaway Chrome Soft and then I hit another ball. You know, and and the only reason why I do that is if I don't hit one very well off the tee and I don't have another ball and I just say to someone I'm playing with, hey, flip me a ball and I put it down and it's just not a Chrome Soft. I can tell the difference. And I understand I'm telling you that the only reason why I play another Callaway Chrome Soft is a ball other than Callaway Chrome Soft is because I've hit my Chrome Soft out of bounds. Let me just tell you, <laughs> you can tell the difference and I love the Callaway Chrome Soft and most people feel the same way about the Callaway Chrome Soft as well. There are many different types of the Callaway Chrome Soft that I love so very much, but I can tell you it is the number one tour ball in golf, and it's the number one tour ball that non-tour players play. Check it all out at callawaygolf.com. Check it all out at callawaygolf.com. I love the Chrome Soft, the Chrome Soft is um, my favorite ball to play and I just put it in the cup and I roll it in and I put a 90 on the card that's me what about you Bill Orham is next on the Rich Eisen Show don't you dare go anywhere talk about last night's game with him in a moment we've done this before with you yeah. um, <clears throat> I've got three social situations you are the judge and jury as to what is done Okay. 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 first one is destination weddings okay
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's already funny destination yeah. weddings <clears throat> I say to my wife we're going to a destination wedding we should not give a present because my presence is my present <clears throat> what do you say Larry David? first of all
4: where is the wedding how far is it another country Okay, you don't even go. <laughs> you don't go. You don't go. But it's a close
3: family friend. I right? don't care. I am not flying 14 hours on a plane yes. to somebody's wedding. I'm not going to do that. Even if it's a nice destination where it's a nice hotel and you're set up?
4: No, 14 hours on a plane, you you can't even breathe. Come on.
3: So w- what would be the what the distance from your house that you would an hour consider? and a half by car. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No plane that you didn't, you okay. Know, you don't get on planes for weddings. Right. Okay, out of the question. Here's social situation number two for you, Larry David. Sure. You're going over to somebody's house. Okay. All right, for, yep. let's say the fight, the Mayweather McGregor fight. This okay. happened to one of our producers, sure. okay. Ken okay. Tulo, okay? Okay. Uh, mm. They brought desserts. Fight ends. Nobody's touched the desserts. <laughs> they like these desserts. Is it okay to take the desserts home?
4: All right, well, we did this on uh, Seinfeld. You did? Yeah, the marble rye. Well, the marble, okay. Here's the thing. Yes. You bring it over. Do they know you brought it over? Yes, they do. Well, if they know you brought it over, then you can't take it.
3: But what if nobody's tried it? You know, it's not like a bottle of wine. A it, bottle of wine could be still, savored later on. It's still, it's you're, a perishable.
4: you're it to the host, right? That's true. The host saw it. Mm-hmm. It's different if the host didn't see it, then you can sneak out with it. <laughs> mm.
3: So if the host never saw it, if he it on the table <laughs> and there's no note, yeah, that's when you could take it.
4: If you think if you think you're not going to get caught, yeah, then you could take it.
3: The problem yeah. is though, Larry, is you never know what was looking. The eye in the sky Well, that's that's the that's the gamble. Yeah, <laughs> but if the host sees it, mm-hmm. y- you can't take it. All right, the last one for you, Larry LD. Shoes off on a plane. Do you have a problem with somebody on a plane uh, taking shoes? I have shoes? a big problem with it. Yeah, oh,
4: boy. Yeah, <laughs> keep them on. Okay, you know, don't make yourself. It's not your house, all right. You're outside. You're in public. I don't want to. I don't want to see your socks. And uh, God forbid you have a little odor down there. It, Who needs that, right? And I don't even want to know if you do have it. Exactly. It's close quarters. Come on. <laughs>
3: Take a couple of minutes, keep your shoes on. So, those who take their shoes off with shorts on and then put their socked feet up on the bulkhead. Oh, God Almighty. No, no, no. Oh, God. That is out. Yes. Oh, I love LD. I cannot wait for the next season to curve, man. It's coming soon. Back here on The Rich Eisen Show, 844204 Rich, one big happy. NBC Sports on Peacock simulcast family on this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial and satellite radio station or streaming on Odyssey every day. We're thrilled to have you and thrilled to have here on the Rich Eisen Show, a man who covers the Lakers for the Athletic, Bill Orem here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Bill?
2: I'm doing great. How are
3: you, Rich? What was last night like? 6,000 people in the building, big time basketball game like, uh, like old times, huh, Bill?
2: Last you know night. what? I'll, I'll just say that that was the most fun I've had at a basketball game in more than 14 months. You know, with somebody who didn't cover the bubble in person and, you know, who has kind of been covering this, this slog of, of a regular season, 72 games kind of jammed into a few months, no fans in the building, really no energy. Um, last night felt the closest to normal it's been. You had celebrities courtside at Staples Center. Michael B. Jordan was there with Drake. You know, uh, heavyweight battle between LeBron and Steph Curry. Um, and then it came down to the last play, which you'd love to see in a game that is, that has stakes. So, you know, I mean, there's so much in the world that is not back to normal. And six thousand fans is a far cry from what, you know, a rock and staple center would normally consist of, but it was, it was a heck of a lot of fun. I thought last night and, you know, really, sort of, kind of, set the stage for what to expect. You know, going forward from this Lakers team and 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 in this Western Conference battle.
3: You know, Bill, we were talking just at the the top of our show how the concept of you know the Clippers uh, apparently doing what they needed to do to make sure they were ensconced safely in the fourth seed to avoid any um, any crossing of the paths with the Lakers until the last possible moment and what they were doing and whether they were really doing that or not. And the concept was, you know, hey, you you want to see the Lakers early uh, as opposed to late before they get their Mm -mm. sea legs under them. It's tough to look at that second half and not think that the first half was the half and the, the time where you wanted to get the Lakers and that maybe last night's game was enough for the Lakers to get back into the groove like last year. What do you think about that? sense bill
2: well i guess you n- you never know when the the switch gets flipped exactly but, but it, it did feel like obviously the lakers needed some time to feel out the warriors to kind of figure out what playoff intensity looks like you know one thing the lakers kept talking about last night lebron mentioned this is that the warriors had kind of been in playoff scenarios the last few games trying to lock down the eight seed whereas the lakers have kind of been coasting you know, they, I think they, they they finished the regular season on a five game winning streak, but you know they hadn't played games with stakes in a really long time, and I think they were caught off guard by the intensity and discipline that the Warriors started the game with, and I think the Lakers needed some time to catch up. You know, but I don't know if I would go so far as to say that one game got LeBron back in his groove and got you know Andre Drummond acclimated and, and got all the pieces you know firing in the way they'll need to when they get into those um, more meaningful uh, playoff series, or excuse me, I guess I should just say those, those more, um, intense playoff series where they're going to be, you know, need to beat the Phoenix suns four times and, and so on. I just, I felt like that game was, you know, what it needed to be. You know, they were, they, they, um, they made the plays they needed. They, 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 they rose to the occasion in the right moment. I mean, LeBron was not very good in that game by his own standard until the fourth quarter. Um, Anthony Davis, same like i think it was like five of 11 uh, to start the game and then five of six uh in the fourth quarter something like that like had a huge fourth quarter it just is um you know the lakers were good when they needed to be but they're going to need to be good for 48 minutes against the suns um and seven times so I, I do think there is still a little bit of a bar the lakers need to clear here but i thought last night was was really galvanizing for them and in in, in that they haven't had um they haven't really had sort of a rallying cry this season. You know, the bubble last year, they were the most dominant team. They came together, were really connected. And this year, they've kind of been a little more fragmented. And last night was kind of the moment where it felt like maybe they were starting to pull together just in
3: time. Yeah, and then Vogel uh, appeared to do what he needed to do uh, as well. And I'm wondering maybe that is something that that, that is of concern or, or this may be the way it goes. Um, moving forward, or it was just needing to do what he had to do to get out of Dodge last night with the matchups and, and putting Wes Matthews and, and Alex Caruso out there in crunch time and removing the two Lakers that that, that were added uh, prior to the season and midseason as the supposed big upgrades over last year's championship team in Dennis Schroeder and, and Andre Drummond. What did you make of that, Bill Orham?
2: Well, I mean, kind of two separate issues, but um, they did go hand in hand. I mean, Truder is still working his way back from the health and safety protocols um, and did not look good last night. I mean, I think he started one for 11 from the field, uh, got a little too, I think a little too aggressive offensively looking for a shot, you know, on some pretty critical possessions in the, in the last six minutes of the game uh, was not, was not really helping the cause. I don't think you'd say last night. Um, and then Andre Drummond, um, that this is going to be a matchup issue for the Lakers going forward. There's going to be some nights where you can really lean on him and, and he can go bang in the post with opposing bigs, but against teams that like to go small, he can be a liability. And that's why you saw him only play 17 minutes last night. You know, it might've been, you know, 15 minutes too many, frankly. I mean, that's not a good matchup for Andre Drummond. And it felt like Frank Vogel was trying to kind of thread the needle there of, you know, try to keep Andre Drummond happy, try to establish him in, on the inside early but also be ready to go to Anthony Davis. And in the second half, he did with AD at the five. And, you know, it's astute to point out Wesley Matthews because the guy didn't play in the first half. And he comes in and, you know, had stayed ready and, you know, made some really big plays, knocked down an early three in his in his shift. And, you know, to me, that's kind of what the Lakers team needs to be. I mean, they need to be nimble. They need to have guys who come off the bench and, you know, not not play some nights and then come up huge. um, in in subsequent nights because they don't have a set you know, eight-man rotation night in and night out like you're going to see from some of these other contenders. They probably have 10 or 11 guys who are going to play in the playoffs, um, but not every night. And so those guys understanding their roles and and being ready when they're called upon is going to be absolutely vital. And we've seen it from Wesley Matthews actually a lot over the last few games. And what's interesting about him is if you go back to when he was signed, all the the, um, chatter out of his camp was that he signed with the Lakers for a defined role on a championship team. His role this year has been anything but defined. I mean, we're talking about a career starter, um, you know, who had you know, been a staple of every team he'd been on. He's been in and out of the lineup. Um, and he's kind of figured out how to be this plug-and-play kind of superstar. When the Lakers have needed him, he's made some huge plays, and he's been a guy they've closed with in um, some close games uh, in recent weeks. Go back to that Knicks game and, uh, and then the, the, the Rockets game after that. He's, he's been a huge guy in the final minute of games.
3: Bill Oram, the uh, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic here on The Rich Eisen Show. And, you know, Bill, it's very fortunate that w- we were able to get you to appear on this show. I don't usually go through this uh, with the guest about how I, I, I booked the guests, but um, I saw three of your numbers and I, I went for the middle one. And um, <laughs> I'm glad that it worked out. Um, so what's with that quote from last night, Bill, having been around LeBron as much as you have? Give me that uh
2: well there is. I have here. a cynical side uh, which i which I hesitate to share on uh, on a global platform like this <laughs> so what the hell? no, please uh, do, please do no. <laughs> well, I mean, LeBron said two things last night, one was that when he got the ball, the first thing he did was check out the shot clock, and the second thing he did was realize that he saw three rims and, and picked the one in the middle and my, my the cynical side is like, well, how could he read the shot clock if he if he saw three baskets? <laughs> But um, Wouldn't there be three listen, shot I mean, clocks,
3: right? Wouldn't there be I mean, three shot?
2: Maybe he sho- saw he saw it said 0.9 three different <laughs> times, and that and that expressed the urgency to him. I, I, you know, LeBron was was hurting. Where we sit at Staples Center was right next to where he went down after that foul by Draymond, and that was a that was a pretty gruesome play. And I wasn't sure, actually, frankly, until after the game, what had um, what on him was hurting, <laughs> because he 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 landed on his on his backside his leg kind of landed awkwardly and it looked like he might've hit his head on his way down. And so when he's on the ground, you know, he was touching his head, he's touching his face, you know, later realized, you know, he was checking for blood and he was blinking to try to, you know, make, see what his vision was like. I didn't know if he might have a concussion. Um, you know, it was a pretty, it was a pretty gruesome play and it wasn't, you know, malintent by, you know, by Draymond. It was a hard foul to keep LeBron from scoring, you know, one point game. But, um, you know, I believe LeBron. Like LeBron's eye post game, if you saw any of his postgame interviews, it was drooping. It looked like he'd taken a punch. Yep. Um, so he was um he was hurting. I you know, but it, it just it, it just adds to the myth and <laughs> and sort of legacy of LeBron James. That, you know, I mean, I don't know how many times over the course of the regular season we see him shoot it from there or see him shoot a step back from thirty five and you know, go off the front iron and, and, and you kinda of roll your eyes and say, LeBron, like not a good shot it's late in the game there's 40 seconds left lakers are down two and that's the shot he comes up with you kind of like come on lebron like get to the basket but then in you know in that moment you know he he uncorked that one and again we're on that end of the, we're on that baseline watching the ball head right to the basket i was like that's going in and it just was it was just an unbelievable uh moment and again you know when you talk about the lakers being defending champions but not really playing like it this season and not really having that identity or that you know that kind of moment to hang their hat on that says, "You are the Lakers. You have LeBron. You are defending champions. You know, have that swagger." I feel like that moment um, sort of became that, where the Lakers could sort of use that as their reset to say, "We are here and we're ready for for this playoff run."
3: Yeah, I I don't doubt at all that I'm sure Draymond got him in the eye. There's no question. There was no question in my mind. It was just, you know, um, and and I I I i haven't also been hit by somebody like draymond green (laughs) in my entire life i have never been contacted by anybody that size let alone having somebody with that hand size take one of their fingers and you know hit me in the eye you know and i i I did sit as i'm sitting there think that he was while the concept of common foul or flagrant foul was under the hood to use the nfl phrase of replay that he might have been you know Making sure that there was uh, – everyone was no, – even Van Gundy was saying in the broadcast, you know, he, he's making sure everybody sees how hurt he is and that might actually gain the shots and possession, which would have been so huge at the time. Um, it's just it, it, him making that shot and then looking at Steph and pointing the eye kind of like, you know, and I can't even see. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it, yeah. It, it was it – was, you know, there's some athletes who will talk about it and then there are other athletes who will be like, yeah, I, 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 what are you talking about? I, you know, my eyes – I'll be fine. You know what I mean, like, and, and LeBron is the the former, not the latter, and that's just part and parcel of number twenty three. There's no question about well, it. Well, he
2: also, yeah, and he also, um, you know, he also makes it very clear that he feels, you know, disrespected. When he feels disrespected, he's not afraid to say it. And you know, you go back to when the Lakers won the championship in the bubble. That was the first thing he said. You know, this organization wants their respect. You know, Genie Bus wants their respect. Rob Lincoln wants his respect, and I want my damn respect too. And you sit there and you're like, you're LeBron James. You've got four MVPs. You know, four championships. You are you know in the conversation for the greatest of all time. Like who doesn't respect LeBron James? Skip but then at the same time, like there are there are plenty of there are plenty of times that we all sit there and think, well, is LeBron at the end of the road? Is LeBron going to be able to do this? Right. There is a lot of LeBron skepticism in the world, and I do feel like you know moments like that, he wants to make sure that you appreciate what he's doing because he is. I mean, with, it goes without saying, but he is an all-time great who summons these you know, unreal performances on a consistent basis. And especially, you know, when the season um, is on the line and matters most, I mean, if that shot doesn't go down last night, we might be talking about a completely different scenario for the Lakers. The Lakers end up with their most favorable playoff pass that they could have out of this sort of range they're in. Um, And you can, you can, you can sort of, you know, do some mental gymnastics and they're in the finals pretty easily. They lose last night and have to play for the eighth seed. That road gets a lot more treacherous.
3: So, uh, before I let you go, Bill Orham, first blush thoughts on the matchup with the Suns. What do you think?
2: Well, I, I mean, I saw that they, the, the Lakers opened as favorites in the series, which is just, uh, I get it, but it's, it's kind of unbelievable just to have a seven seed favorite over a two. But it speaks to sort of how disjointed the regular season was and the fact the Lakers are healthy just in time. I don't think the Suns are a good matchup. Or, excuse me, I don't think the Lakers are a good matchup. Let me get this right. I don't think the Suns can match up with the Lakers. You know, Anthony Davis is is obviously a bad matchup for most teams, but I look at the Suns, and I'm wondering who guards Anthony Davis. You know, I love Mikael Bridges, and I think he's, you know, one of the young um, stars in the league that we're going to be talking about for a long time as kind of the guy who can do everything on the floor in a supporting role. Um, But you throw him at LeBron, who's left to try to wrangle with Anthony Davis? You know, Dario Saric, to me, is not an answer and I, I just feel like the lakers are going to be too physical um and and are too good uh in transition um you know the suns have had an amazing season wouldn't count them out chris paul um you know the resurgence uh, you know not even a resurgence just the continuation of everything he's done throughout his career is is admirable and i think i think people are sleeping on the suns as a contender a little bit and see the suns kind of as this feel-good story that you know is maybe a year away that this is a a transitional step toward becoming a contender. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't know when I look at it, I just see the Lakers having too much, too much, um, too much inside for the Suns. but, but we'll see. I mean, the, the, they, they were a game off the best record in the league for a reason. And the Lakers, I mean, we haven't seen them at their best for an extended period of time. And a playoff series is just a different level of intensity and requires a different level of, of being locked in. And that's something that the Lakers haven't had uh, really since they left the bubble back in October.
3: Bill, thanks for the time. Thanks for the thoughts. Um, and thanks for your reporting that I get to read uh, on The Athletic. And I look forward to your coverage throughout the playoffs. And keep looking for uh, my call. I appreciate you coming on.
2: I appreciate that so much. Thank you,
3: Rick. You bet. That's Bill Orham. Check him out uh, on The Athletic. And as you can hear, he knows his basketball. Sure does. And he knows his Lakers. And he knows that there's only one shot clock above just one rim. <laughs> that is a very interesting note that he pointed LeBron out there. LeBron listens to too much Skip Bayless. I mean, honestly. Or people like you. you I mean, res- like, deep down, Chris, you do respect LeBron James' yeah, no, all-time greatness. Absolutely. Before LeBron left
4: for Miami, I loved LeBron. And then he kind of went to Miami, and it was important for him
3: to become this villain, quote-unquote. And I don't I know if it was that. important for him to do that. He made a mistake that he has even admitted and how, he went and how he went decision. about it. But Correct. Miami
4: became the villain of the NBA, which sports need villains. I, I totally understand that. But then everything since then, he just, he does things that he doesn't need to do. He says things that he doesn't need to say. And then he kind of makes it easy for people like Skip and sometimes myself. And and it's fine. But, like, to say that you're disrespected, people think you're the second
3: greatest player of all time. Yes, but. So, Chris, I mean, come on. You're, we're... we're I want to take a break and put a pin in this conversation. Uh, And when we come back, have the the palate cleanser known as Tim Tebow. (laughs) Didn't take long for the Jaguars to do one thing after signing uh, Tim Tebow. We'll talk about that next.
1: Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about...
3: Were you a trial lawyer? Yeah. You well, I, yeah,
1: yeah, I was a commercial litigator. So, so I like, the trial.
3: Ladies work. and gentlemen of the jury, like you
1: did that. You got yeah. opening statement, closing statement. Mm-hmm. The one case that I had that was somewhat gained some notoriety was I represented a costume manufacturer against Barney the purple dinosaur (laughs) so the 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 the, the group that owned the rights to Barney went around and they have to do this called Lions Partnership they were they were suing people who were infringing upon the the image and likeness of Barney and so if you don't you know protect your rights you can lose them so it it just kind of happens that way so I was representing a guy named Philip Morris who owned a Morris Costumes, and he described himself as the Colonel Sanders of the costume industry. They sold this thing called Hillary the Hippo, which looked exactly like Barney. <laughs> and it was just being rented for people to do uh, you know, uh, parties yeah. for their kids and yeah. all that. So we wanted to settle the case right away, but they wouldn't settle it because they, they wanted to make an example out of it. Oh, no. So we went to federal court and won. No kidding. Yeah, we won. And, uh, and we wound up, then it went to uh, the, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. I had to argue about Barney the Purple Dinosaur one step away from the United States Supreme Court. The funniest part, and because the case is over, I can say this now. Yes. Um, I had I had, had the costume, the evidence of the trial, I had the costume at home for some reason. Yes. And my wife and her friends used it to have a birthday party for some of our kids. <laughs> For some of the kids in the neighborhood, and they had all you know, this is back before cell phone pictures, knowledge. Sure. So they had pictures of all this. And I'm like, "Are you? What are you doing? It's, it's, like, do you realize this could end the trial right here if if the def- you know if the other side got a hold of this? Is that this why would- it never made it to the Supreme Court? No, 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 oh, it, okay. no. We wound up uh, it, it, yeah, that that never would have made it. Period. But the fact that it made it to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, I would have loved it. Just uh, just to hear Jay Pellis, Justice
3: Rehnquist, I ask
1: you, I subpoenaed sp- <laughs> Barney to the trial. <laughs>
3: This gets, Honest to God. it gets fire. I
1: subpoenaed Barney to the trial. The other side said, You're, you know, your honor, um, you know, we can't do that. There are only three of these costumes in existence. It's yes. on the road doing this. Of a hardship of bringing it in. And the costume is uh, six foot eight inches tall, weighs like 250 pounds or whatever. And I stood up. And I said, your honor, I'm six, eight and I weigh about 240. I got in here just fine. <laughs> and so the judge ordered the costume. And they brought it, they brought it, opened up this big truck, and they wouldn't let anybody see it unless somebody was in it. Barney pops out of the back of a truck onto the loading dock, the judge came down, all the, the, the court reporter, and every employee of the federal building was there with, uh, to see it.
3: This is a celebrity, right? It was, the, it was
1: the dumbest thing you'd ever seen in your life. <laughs>
3: PeacockTV.com, for those who want to watch Peacock on a desktop, PeacockTV.com, for those listening here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, for anybody who wants to see us every day, Michael Holly on Brother From Another will be joining us in the last spot today to take us to Brother From Another, which we lead into on NBC Sports on Peacock every day, taking it from Dan Patrick's show. I will be appearing on Dan's show tomorrow about half an hour before um, we come on the air. Tomorrow, Chris, nice, and nice. There's, a fight
4: there's a little bit of awkwardness.
3: There's uh, a little bit of awkwardness to hit, <laughs> and uh, Seton saying he wants to throw down with uh, Mike Del Tufo. Called you a punk. Um, I mean, I'm. No, actually, I think Dan called him a punk. Oh, no, Dan geez. called me, and I'm a punk. Yeah, Gosh. that's the last thing that you are is a what punk. Mean- uh, Mike? Yeah, no, I, no, no, Mike. Just everyone, Mike Del Tufo, uh, Michael, talk your ear off, but Mike, <laughs> oh, well, Mike yeah. but you're, you, that. but you genuinely like to talk to people, and you genuinely like to converse with people, and you genuinely like to meet people. That is a genuine part of your quality. It's to the point where, and I, I, I might be telling some tales out of school that might get you in a little bit of uh, awkwardness, but no. mm-hmm. when, when Mike checks in every single day uh, with the Westwood One people. <laughs> and there's Uh-oh. a certain person who answers the phone, you have a relationship it's, with it. Yeah. You're like, hey, how you doing? And then when that person's not there and it's somebody else, I'm, I'm, and, and, they, and they're not nearly as conversant with you or chit-chatty with you, you take... I you, take you, that personally. You do. I do. And it, it might be like somebody else has got other things to do. They're They're not used to this check-in process yet or whatever. You take it personally. I do.
1: Be friendly with me. So that's, <laughs> I said it to Brockman this morning. Right. I'm a, I'm a friendly like guy. Every
3: day, where it's just like, hey, it's Mike. Hey, how are you? Like, what's going on? How are you doing? The other person's like, you know, thank you. Hold on. And you're like, what do I do to this guy? Like, I'm like Barney. I walk down the street. I want people to like like me. There you go. There are people that hate Barney. I know that. They want to hit Barney. They want to hit Barney. They think but, Barney's a punk. Exactly. They think Barney's uh, a punk. So that is... Uh, now understandable that Dan feels that way about you. Anyway, uh, the point is, is uh, tomorrow there'll be a lot of me on NBC Sports on Peacock, wow. last half of Dan's show, or last hour of Dan's show, and then three yeah. hours here. So, uh, wake up today. It's amazing. This happened, and the, the, the earth is still spinning, and uh, every you know we're, we're, still, we're still here on, on the show, right? And everything here. seems somewhat normal, even though the we're world just... is very abnormal. But things seem to be operating as they were yesterday. And in between yesterday and today, Tim Tebow was signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sure was. And, you know, they, uh, they put out uh, a statement from Tim wanting to thank the Jaguars for the opportunity to compete and earn the chance to be part of this team. I know it will be a challenge, but it's a challenge I embrace that is a way that he says it. He knows he's that it, he's competing to earn the chance. He's competing to earn. Compete to earn. That's what he's doing. He's not expecting the spot because he and Urban go way back. You know, hey, Urban and I go way back and um, even though Bamani Jones thinks that I've got no shot to make this team, I am not a snitch. <laughs> that's, that's basically what... That's kind of what he said. Well, I'm mixing up what a lot of people think about. But, I, mean, your <laughs> spot. By I have going. not I have not earned the right to have a chance to compete. A lot of people think that about Tim Tebow. They do. But if you are Urban Meyer and you, according to you, haven't you didn't really even see him work out. You just told the guys, hey, I got stuff to do. You work yeah. him out. You tell me how he looks. He said he wasn't even there. Wasn't even there. Twice, and two times he worked out. Not there. And people keep saying to him that he's got like the body of an 18-year-old. He's looking totally in shape. And his response to to this is what he said on Collinsworth's podcast. Hey, my response to that is, guess what? I totally get it. He's one of the greatest competitors I've ever met. He showed up today in the photograph we have on the screen. I don't believe it's from today.
4: That's not from today.
3: It is not, because he looks a lot more defined than the guy on the screen. He's rocked up, right? He is huge, like World's Strongest Man Swole. Right, so he's playing tight end. And, and so I if you're them. Urban and you want to give somebody a chance and also you know that this guy is the embodiment spiritually of your program and what you sell, and you know he's the guy in the locker room that can be that guy and you want to give him a chance and people are going to rally around him and maybe be inspired by him, that's the choice. And then if you're saying you see reports that the – uh uh, organization might not be all on board on this. When I heard about that, I'm like, now you're just hating because the kid's from Jacksonville. He is still a kid. He's from Jacksonville, right? The Con family, they're all about marketing. They know how to market. They know how to do this and that and the other thing. They got the AEW and they've already told London, expect to see a lot more of us here in Jacksonville from Jacksonville when the pandemic's over. Well, any question that you might think that the uh, management team and the, the squad's not all on board on this whole thing, it literally took 10 minutes after the release was put out, it seemed like to me. Tim Tebow's 85 is up for sale. <laughs> 85 and your program number one next to Travis Etienne's number one and Trevor Lawrence's 16 on shop.jaguars.com everybody go and get your Tim Tebow 85 Duval Duval go get your Tebow 85 That's what it's about too folks let's not kid one another because if i'm not mistaken put that shot up once again if you don't if you don't mind uh Hoskins um i don't I i believe he's the only jersey that's prominently featured on the front page of the store at shop.jaguars.com. Only one up there who's hoping to compete to earn the chance to make the team. Other two are getting, they're, they're there. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're locked in. I don't see anybody else who's hoping to earn the chance to get a spot on the team in mid-May, recently signed by the Jaguars, undrafted free agent or free agent, street free agent in their mid-30s that you should go buy their jersey right now. (laughs) And by the way, that has a shot to outstrip the actual quarterback. And the fact that he's got an 85 right now is only because the backup to Trevor Lawrence currently wears that, one of our favorites. And I I don't think to pry that from Gardner Minshew's hands, I don't think we're going to have to slam it with a hammer like Gardner did back in the day, to stay put in college. I think Tim's going to get that 15 if he makes the team. Do you think Tim— And so you can get another—get the 85 while you can. I mean, that's what—I mean, I'll shoot you straight here. Of course that's what this is about. You think Jacksonville has a problem us talking about Jaguars football in mid-May because Tim Tebow has been signed, and you could go get his 85 jersey right now? And you could sign up right now. You could even save 10% <laughs> I <was> wondering <laughs> on, on the guy who's trying to make the tight end roster. Do you Maybe think- another team where they're saying, this guy's trying to make the tight end roster. Go shop and get his jersey right now. It doesn't exist. Did Tim call Gardner and ask for 15? I don't think so at all. He's showing up. I'm 85. That's what tight ends wear. I don't even care what the new rules are. He's 85. He's just earning the hope to right to compete, to earn a right to plan and make a team. It's that's it. Trevor Lawrence is going to start for the Jaguars. Yes, sir. Okay, here's a question.
0: Yes, you're you're bringing Tim Tebow in to play tight end. And week three, you've got the Arizona Cardinals coming, which means you've got J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones and you know Isaiah Simmons
3: and, and
2: Buddha right.
0: Baker Blitzen. Are you going to feel comfortable having? Tim Tebow out there as a tight end. Oh, yet,
3: TJ, we're not, we're not, we're not at we're we're not there yet. <laughs> oh, we're man. not at X's and O's. I'm just Honestly, saying, like I'm man. saying, we're just earning for a right to compete right now in mid May. And by the way, get your eighty five jerseys right now. That's what it is. And I would love to see him out there trying to chip JJ Watt in week three. You bet, so would the Jaguars <laughs> and so would probably CBS, which probably has the game, or Fox. Facts. And the world will keep spinning. Our number two, I and Eagle, when we come back. We're still on Peacock, though. You know who doesn't want to see that, Rich? Trevor Lawrence back there.
0: Yeah. I'm Everybody, willing to
3: bet. Hold on a second. Everybody is looking at this signing as if Tim Tebow from nine years ago is going to show up.
4: Yeah, we don't know what he looks like on a football field.
3: None at all. And what does it cost him? All it costs him, the only person this costs, the only person this costs is whatever – other individual might have had an opportunity to make the tight end roster of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's the only person that this costs. Only one. Doesn't cost Urban Meyer a damn thing. Anybody sitting here saying, he will lose the locker room if he gives a guy a chance on the team that doesn't deserve it. Okay. <laughs> Got it. In the same way that LaRusse has supposedly already lost the White Sox locker room based on what he's doing with this kid Mercedes and they're all dressing up. You know, going on a road trip did you see those pictures from the Chicago White Sox as they're getting ready to go take on the Yankees no. they they don't look like a team in turmoil that's for sure look i'll say this let's just let the guy try out jacksonville is just sitting back we're talking about it they're selling his jerseys facts let's see what happens if he makes the team you don't think you don't think week 1 where the hell is my I got it. Don't worry. It's right here in front of me. Week one, Jacksonville versus Houston at the Texans. With everything going on with Deshaun Watson or not, whoever the hell they're starting, you don't think all eyes will be on number 85, probably 15 by that point. When he comes trotting on the field. Uh, Okay. And (laughs) what if he's a healthy scratch that day? It could be that way too. He's making the team just to try and, Work the culture in the locker room. Honestly, all it is costing anybody right now is that one unknown, faceless, current individual that would have a shot to be on the practice field to, as Tebow said, compete to earn the right. That's it. That one person. And Urban's like, "Uh, I'll, I'll sacrifice that one person, whoever he may be, to put Tebow out there. And the cons are like, guess what? Duval, (laughs) shop.jaguars.com. Iron Eagle, everybody. Hour number two. Talk some hoops with one of my favorite funny guests. Coming up.